0: Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me.
1: I won't be on the show. I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but so now you're the good one. hope
0: well, this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh, my God. The moral is, you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. Uh, it certainly uh, does uh, suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. because I'm about to put on a show.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 3 of Good Pop, Bad Pop with M and T. Who? That's T. He's also doing this. So uh, I'm M, today we are both talking about the Creative Arts Emmys, who won, did they deserve to win? We don't know, we're going to have a chat about it. Um, I'm also going to be reviewing Atypical and Insatiable, both on Netflix T is going to be talking about Spider Man on PS4 as well as the upcoming Witcher series on Netflix. He guts dem opinions. So what's the news, T? What's going on?
0: Not a whole lot. Uh, it's been a week since we started. Mm. Um, it's been quite exciting to be honest. Mm. Just sort of, just for some background, M has been begging me to have a crack at this podcast thing for I don't know six months a year. Probably a year, yeah. Yeah, um, and I've been quite hesitant, but I have two friends. Mandy has three friends. Half of them listened to the podcast <laughs> and were not too scathing in their reviews, so I'll take that as a positive.
1: All right.
0: Um, And it's been good. The week I've been, you know, now that you get over that hurdle, that first one, mm. it's sort of the ideas start turning in your head, things you can <laughs> talk about, different themes. The streets are paved with gold of ideas, because we haven't done any of them yet. (laughs) I'm wondering if I should put some in a bank for a rainy day if you persevere and get to, you know, five episodes and then you've done your dash and you're out of content. (laughs) Possible. Mm. How about you? How are you doing, Em?
1: Yeah, good. I uh, painstakingly finished off a TV show just so I can talk at everybody about it. Um, So that was good times. Then I watched a good show. That was nice. Um, Spoiler alert of where I told you what both of these shows are. Uh, yeah, otherwise, good week. I played a little bit of Spidey myself. I've been dabbling in the arts of Webbery. That was good. To- I really enjoyed that, but anyway. The, the Elastic know. Arts. The Elastic Arts. Uh, what's that? What is that? Uh, Spiderweb's got a particular name. Like. Spiderweb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spider chloride or something. That's uh, it. I, I don't That's know what the is. One. is it like silk? Spider silk?
1: Yeah, from silkworms.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, for
1: effort, I guess.
0: Well, we've, we've not researched our topics very well, have we?
1: No, no, we haven't. What's your favourite spider? Don't tell me your favourite spider. Sp- spiders have no place on this podcast, except for Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, my, my favourite spider is man. <laughs> hey. Uh,
1: so, do you want to tell us about Spider-Man?
0: I will in due time. yeah okay. um, We'll think we'll start with one of your reviews first, I one think. One reviews. Yeah, right. Okay. So, after the break, we'll tear into our, our reviews. Welcome back. M, you've been watching a show for us. You going to tell us about it?
1: Yeah, so I've been watching uh, season 2 of Atypical on Netflix. I quite enjoyed season 1. I'm a sucker for a coming-of-age story. I love it. I still feel Seventeen forever. So, coming of age stories, teenage stories are always my favourite. And uh, I like that this one is a story about someone who is different to the majority of people. So, uh, the main character Sam. If you haven't seen anything about it, uh, the main character is Sam. He um, is on the spectrum, so he's got autism. So he uh, he's got ASD, and you know, everyday things that seem like fairly normal for most people, or easy for most people, it can be really difficult for someone with ASD, and that's sort of what this show kind of explores, you know, just the complexities of dating, which are hard enough as a teenager already, have that whole added level of stress and pressure and complexity and confusion, and it was really interesting sort of seeing a show that navigates that.
0: So, tell me, like, what, like, with autism, it's sort of the social cues, he's not, you he can't read social cues, is that
1: um, oh, what well, it is? Um, I mean, that's a good question. Like autism is on a spectrum. So there's a whole kind of range on what people have difficulties with and what they don't. So, um, and this kind of changes from season one to season two in some way. So, so Sam has difficulties with social cues and understanding, uh, metaphors or figures of speech, um, things like that. Like tracks. Kind of, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. um, but, you know, gets him in a lot of more hot water than drag stars in, you know, general society. So, um, yeah, so in the first season, you know, without giving too much away, he's basically sort of decided that he would like to start dating and, you know, he's trying to figure all that out. Um, so that was sort of season one. So I went into season two with high, not high hopes, but, um, you know, hoping it would still be good, and sort of seeing how they were going to respond to a lot of the criticism that they did get. So one thing that they were kind of pinned for uh, in season one is the fact that the actor who plays Sam is neurotypical. He does not have autism. He's not on the spectrum. And um, like a lot of other representation in shows and movies, uh, this is kind of problematic. So a lot of people did take issue with that. I think they did have one um, actor with autism in season one um but they weren't particularly a major character and it it felt you know a little bit tokenistic to just sort of have one in there um what was really great about season two is that you know they developed this show for and in support of people with autism so they really took a lot of that feedback on board and that was great to see a lot of shows don't do that a lot of shows will just double down and go nah this is what we're doing um so it was really good to sort of see how they went from one actor to having like a whole group of actors with autism and seeing them interact with Sam and with each other. Um, so that was really great support as well. Um, but sort of social stuff aside, what I did like about it is, um, you know, again with this show, it goes over problems that everyone faces, particularly in adolescence, you know, dating, forming your identity, family drama. So it is a coming of age story. Um, and, Season two delves a lot deeper into issues, so you know season one's a little superficially interesting. because you're like, oh, you know, this you know, teenagers trying to date. You know, everyone goes through that. That's you know, that's a rough time. Uh, but you know, in season two, the, the storylines get a lot more complex, and it's not just um, Sam having these problems. It's you know, every main character, every character in his family, are all having very complicated issues that they're trying to work through and you just want to sort of see, well, what's going to happen next? Are they going to get through this? Are they going to discover, you know, X, Y, and Z? Um, so it was really cool to sort of see it go into that next level. Um,
0: and does he get a date?
1: Well, it's season one news. Oh. so how'd the date go? Complicated. Really? Um, <laughs> uh, Anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to give too much away if people haven't seen season one. Although it's been out for a while, so, you know, get on that if you haven't already. Um, And, yeah, I mean, like, season one really focused on Sam having difficulties, but now season two is about everyone having difficulties. So it was good because a lot of people kind of complaining that, um, you know, everyone sort of sees Sam as problematic and, oh, he makes everyone's life so inconvenient, which isn't, you know, I mean, it's... You know, probably true, it would be difficult interacting with someone who is like that on a daily basis if they're in your family, you know, there's a whole level of extra complexities that come in your life Um, but in a way showing that in a show can be a little demonizing of people and I mean that's not good, especially for a show that's trying to promote visibility and you know, awareness and and all that kind of stuff Um, so it was good to sort of see that in season 2 everyone's got their own shit going on, everyone's got their own problems And there's problems. Yeah, there's a lot to figure out. So, um, yeah, I mean, they they do go through some things about autism, which, um, you know, from a complete 101 perspective, were really interesting to me. Because I don't know a whole lot about autism. I know bits and pieces, but I don't really know a whole lot about it. So, uh, they talk about um, a thing that can happen with people with autism called elopement, um, because there's, you know, a scene where that is involved, uh, which I had learned from watching. Atypical, that um, it's when in a perfectly safe environment something might happen and the person with autism will just, they'll just take off. They'll just run away. Um, so that's why, you know, even in a safe and calm environment, they can just take off sometimes. Um, and some people kind of took issues with that saying, oh, you know, that's, you know, trying to force this down people's throat and emphasize this. But as someone who knew nothing about it, I was actually quite glad to be aware of that because I'm like, oh, you know, that's that's good information, to know and another thing that was a little bit you know here's another fact about autism uh was when they were talking about how sam has a has an incident with a police officer who um uh, you know i can't really give too much away it's not a major plop point or anything but uh you know they think he's on drugs or you know that he's taken some kind of substance but he's just being himself Um, and so as a result, there's this, you know, kind of mini plot line of, you know, first responders have no training with people on the spectrum. They don't have any training with autism and that causes huge problems obviously for, you know, incidences like these. Um, so the family sort of decide to do a bit of training and they've got all these grand plans on training first responders, you know, Ambo's, cops, whoever. Um, so, well, I think that was a really awesome point to raise to be like, oh, hey, um, you know, this is actually a real issue that happens in real life. Um, it did feel a little bit, you know, here's a flashcard about autism. Hmm. Um, but nevertheless, like I said, don't know much about it. So I thought that was pretty cool to kind of see. I mean, the thing with TV shows is they don't have a duty to do social commentary, but they have the opportunity to, and I think that can be really valuable. Um, but with sensitive populations, I think it, in marginalised populations, it can be very difficult to please everybody. And I, th- I feel, given how much that they've taken on the feedback um, from the ASD community, I think that the next season can only be even better.
0: Would you compare it to 13 Reasons Why, where it got very no. self-aware no, and started to address lots of different no,
1: issues. because 13 Reasons Why is a piece of shit. <laughs> so I would not compare it to that. Okay. And, um, oh man. Look, okay, that's a story for another time. I have a lot of opinions on 13 Reasons Why. Um, too long, don't listen. Second season of 13 Reasons Why is a lot better than the first season, in my opinion, but we won't get into that, because uh, they sort of explore some other stuff. But, um, again, story for another time. So. Yeah, like I said, you know, I mean, there's still some backlash for season two. Nothing can ever be perfect. You can never please everybody. Uh, but Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, the third season, like I said, can only improve.
0: So how many how many episodes was it?
1: Ten.
0: At about forty a pop. Yeah. Worth the time.
1: Yes, definitely worth the time. Uh, overall, you know, social commentary aside, because I did get in a bit a bit into that, so apologies. Um, but. It was a great season. It had some fantastic story arcs, which sort of wove you in and out, which is awesome. Good extension of the new themes that built upon the themes that were explored in the first season, um, and there's some already great new threads to explore for season three. And I'm hanging for it. I can't wait. I think it's going to be really good. Sounds good. Yeah, very keen.
0: So, is a watch, it's worth time. <laughs>
1: worth time. Watch we need a worthy. we need a
0: um, scoring scale or something. I said I didn't want to do anything like that because. Silly, I give this a 61.1. Like,
1: I don't want to put a number, I'm just gonna say that it was well written and well, um, you know, they took feedback on from their uh, watchers, watchers, audience,
0: viewers, viewers, (laughs) streamers, (laughs) Uh,
1: streamers, and um, and yeah, I think that's important. Like, I think that's what's great about media now is that you can give feedback really easily, Hmm. there's no excuse to not listen to your audience. Uh, but anyway, what'd you get up to? How was, how was your stuff going on?
0: Okay, so as I mentioned last week, I've been um, playing Spider Man on the PS4. Mm. I gave a quick mini review last week, but I have since then completed the game. Uh, platinum? Platinumed? Whatever. Did all the. 100%ed. 100%ed. Did mm-hmm. all the stuff. Um, story collectibles and all that. So I can now give you a thorough review. I'll try not to go too long about it because everyone's reviewed spider-man this today
1: <laughs> in unique podcast reviews spider-man on ps4 yeah
0: it's funny like so i've joined some podcasting communities and all of them have already reviewed spider-man i'm like oh, oh, why would you not i mean yeah.
1: it's ps4 exclusive so i don't think i don't
0: think i'm breaking new ground but i'll try and have some original ideas anyway uh spider-man it's very good mm-hmm. um the story they've got older spidey he's not high school spidey he's a bit mm-hmm. older um so he's, oh, I think he's in it's like twenty twenty one. Was living in his own apartment. Yeah, yeah. So this is a step away from mm. Immediately the most I was recent.
1: Like, oh, living on spidey. I'm <laughs> <laughs> growing up.
0: Um, is a few steps away from mm. the most recent Spidey incarnation in um Homecoming. Um, mm. and as a result, he has the history already established, and this works well because we know all these stories, and this game addresses that all this stuff has already happened Mm -hmm. you know he reminisces about the time he defeated xyz the supervillains yeah all right so what they did that was quite good is it's not just spider-man there's a baddie go get him it's spider-man trying to live his day-to-day life while being your you know friendly neighborhood spider-man You can be on your way to a main plot mission and there will be street crime on the way. which Street crime. Yeah, and you'll divert and go beat up some thugs robbing a store. And, you know, on your way to a big important thing, but you stop to, you know, stop a car crash or something. That's the most Spider-Man thing (laughs) (laughs) there is. So they nailed it in this regard. And what else they did very well is the relationships. Um, So Aunt May's in there, one of the big characters, the mentor. Mm -hmm. He's always trying to look after Aunt May. Um, But what was very interesting was MJ, so Mary Jane. So in this game, they've given her the reporter backstory, Mm. self-driven, independent one. Now, I'm not a comic books guy. All my Mary Jane knowledge comes from Kirsten Dunst and the original trilogy, (laughs) where she was an aspiring actor. She was the damsel in distress. She was just got kidnapped all the time. Spidey goes and saves her. So... I really liked this take on MJ. She was very independent. Mm. Um, In this timeline, they've broken up some time ago. They're still friends, but they're not, you know, together. And they explore this throughout. Like, why do they break up? How do you be friends post-breakup? There was still a lot of tension there. And there was a real interesting explanation of, uh, exploration of, like, a power dynamic. So um, Spider-Man keeps trying to save the day, and MJ keeps calling him on it. Like, I thought we were a partner. Stop trying to put me out of danger, stopping a hero, mm. and obviously that's ironic as hell. <laughs>
1: Handle myself, yeah. Spider-Man.
0: So, that was um that was really good. Mm. Where this fell down a bit though. You're running around as Spider-Man and then occasionally you'll be put in the shoes of MJ or some of the other side characters. Yeah. And story-wise this was great so you've got mj running around being an investigative reporter sneaking into places she's not meant to and this was great for story you have to look at a bunch of things and this gives the plot level wise it's really jarring <laughs> like you're swinging around you're beating up bad guys and now walk around and interview some people like it was really jarring happened to peter parker as well he would then have a lab level where he'd walk into his lab and do these really weird <laughs> mini games where you're DNA sequencing and doing spectrometry and doing electrical circuits. Remember those little fluid dynamic games in Bioshock? He would use to unlock. Yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, it did yeah. remind me of that. Yeah, it's like that. Um, and welcome uh, to Shirkoshamari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, it's content, but it was distracting content, so I didn't quite <laughs> like that. But overall, story is very good. Escalates, high stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, good superhero story. Um, in the game, the world is beautiful. So it's yeah. all set on Manhattan Island. Weather is amazing. There's night, day, sunset, mm-hmm. zipping around the buildings in Manhattan. Half of them recognizable real-life ones, and half of them have been reappropriated for yeah. the Marvel Universe. So... You can, like, Avengers Tower is there, mm. you know, the one Tony Stark built. The Sanctum from Doctor Strange is in there. Mm. Um, so you can see that. There's, what was the one you spotted, the the bar?
1: Oh, yeah. Um... Like,
0: I think it's the bar of no name.
1: Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, I forget what it's called now. But, yeah, yeah, that's in there. And a whole lot of Easter eggs. And
0: what was great, they even, they know what everyone has watched recently. So there's mm. a lot of references to the... Netflix Avengers. Yeah. Uh, I guess they were called the Defenders, weren't they? Yes. So there's um, Unfortunately. a reference to uh, the Murdoch and mm. what's the other guy's last name? Anyway, his law firm. Um, there's Rand Corp. All this stuff's in there. And mm. it was great. You know, you're always seeing cool stuff going around. And going around, it's a delight. It's the web slinging. You just want to go faster and faster. And. Uh,
1: I've played a bit of Spider-Man, and I found it very both thrilling and cathartic to just sort of just start swinging around the city. Because what I liked about it is that it throws you straight in. So you know, there's like a little cutscene, and then straight away you're in. You're swinging around cities. You're off doing this and that. And um, I sort of ignored my mission for a while. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep hanging out.
0: Well, there's there's fast travel in the game where mm. Spidey captures the subway, and I recommend doing this because it's hilarious. Um and there was a trophy for catching the subway. I didn't get that to the end of the game because even if I had to go to the from Harlem to met like uh downtown or whatever, I would always swing there because why wouldn't you? You're Spider-Man. Fly. It's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um so the combat lots of dodge, lots of punching. I may have been dodging more than most because I was playing on the higher difficulty which meant a lot of dodging. Um, so the combat's fun, there's some quite rewarding components to it, jumping around, flinging webs around. Mm. Saying that, it wasn't as good as other games that have done this combat style. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the Arkham games. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the uh, Shadow of Mordor games. Yeah. It's the same style with dodging counters, um, hit counters to build up combos, mm. and in Spider-Man it was a little shallow. There was okay. lots of skills, lots of gadgets, but nothing changed the way you play. I reckon you could finish the whole game with the base move set. So I unlocked mm-hmm. everything, but you're not playing any differently. You There's... feel
1: like you're not really gaining much more by...
0: Yeah, there were a lot of quality yeah. of life skills and stuff like that, so mm. I feel the combat could have been a bit deeper. Once I unlocked absolutely everything, I started fooling around with things that could be close to a build Mm. um but nah, it wasn't there and then there wasn't the content to back it up either at that point i'd killed everyone i could run around fighting street crime with my Mm. super duper build but no point at this at this point um so still very fun very Mm. rewarding jumping in the air and flinging bricks at people (laughs) whipping their guns away all great stuff
1: i just like swinging really hard and just doing flips and shit
0: hmm um, so the other side of the game is the world, the open world, the collectibles. Mm. Now, it's a whole topic for, you could go on about. How do you like your busy work in open world games? Do you like the inane collectibles, the inane signed missions, the busy work? Um, so they'd be like, oh, you've left your backpacks. Go collect your backpacks. And then 50 equally distributed backpacks appear on your map. And you're like, mm. <laughs>
1: See, I like that, because uh, I like just stuffing around in-game. So I'd be like, oh, cool, I'm just going to go for a wander and collect all these things. Side missions I don't like, so I'm like, no, this is distracting me from the stuff I have to do. But if I've just got to walk around and collect things, I would be like, yeah, this is nice.
0: Well, I'm OCD. I'm as soon as something opens up, <laughs> I've got to get everything to get every advantage. Like, I'm on mission two, and I've got 50 side quests done. Um, in each backpack was a little memento that he collected that was sort of a reference to earlier Spider-Man stories.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: ah, oh, this was when I defeated so-and-so the first time. So people who have played Shadow of War will be familiar with this concept about when you collect the Gondorian artifacts and you'd get a little bit of background. Mm. So they've got stuff there. Where they crushed it, though, in most other games, when you stop the main story and then you go run around mm. and collect stuff, the game world's paused. Nothing else happens. In Spider-Man, they've done this great thing. They kept it very involved. So all throughout the game, you've got Jay Jonah Jamison. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's the bring me photos of Spider-Man guy who used to work at the Bugle, like the head editor at the Bugle, which is the newspaper in that world. Mm. And he's now retired, but he runs a radio show and Spider-Man listens to it as he goes about his day. And he gives a little minute radio bit that just Mm. plays randomly. And it's always reacting to whatever Spider-Man does. Mm. And this was amazing and hilarious because it's like this infowars style <laughs> where he's got like conspiracy theories because he hates Spider Man. That's his whole thing. So one of the side missions was weird. It was um, catching pigeons. <laughs> uh, I, I, I even forget the setup. But it was like, oh, who cares? Yeah, there's twelve pig- pigeons you got to catch, and then <laughs> that was at least a fun diversion because you got to swing around and catch them. So I caught them all, and then. I get, there's a radio show with JJ Jamison, and he's all like, "Oh, reports have Spider-Man running around the city catching pigeons. Why was he catching his pigeons? What's what's his agenda? I I think I know, and I don't want to jump to conclusions. But he's eating them. What if he's not Spider-Man, but Man Spider? And you know, it would just go on and on and on, and then, and then he'd be like, you know, Spider-Man's going to eat your baby. <laughs> and he would react every time he did a side mission. You'd go on, um zip around and disarm bombs and he'd be like oh it's causing explosions and lowering the property prices (laughs) anyway so this was a great touch to making the busy work a bit more integrated into the game yeah one thing i didn't like and i mentioned this last week Mm. about the dlc how they're starting to plug the dlc before the game came out yeah it's in game as well one of the collectible missions you've got to find all these little black cat idols mm. for black cat which is a spider-man nemesis it's his version of Catwoman. i mean i like no one's nemesis, original love interest yeah Who knows? exactly it's oh yeah <laughs> but you you collect all these things get all this background and then like oh something big's going down and then you never hear about it again because it's obviously in the dlc which i
1: see i like that because that sort of thing would get me excited for the dlc because i'd be like
0: yeah i want to know more about um, this sounds <sighs> cool it's another thirty bucks. <laughs>
1: well, life's another thirty bucks.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, but that's the bulk of it. Uh, another minor criticism: all the best levels I'd seen before the game came out. Every E three, every promo, every trailer, every good mission, mm-hmm. I'd already seen it, and that really bummed me out. Like they've just found that all the best levels, stuck them on the screen, and then. Everyone buys the game, and that's, well, that's
1: it. That's just good marketing. I mean, that's your fault for watching Oh, it's great it. <laughs> marketing. It's
0: not genuine. What, um, what do you mean? Is
1: that what you expect them to make up something that you haven't seen or be like, here's our shittest level, buy our game.
0: No, I mean, show one good level, uh, and there was only a couple good levels.
1: Yeah, That's not true.
0: But, for instance, the big E3 video where he's running around that not-quite-constructed building yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, ki- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the early one that got everyone really excited. It
1: was like the first one, I think. That was, was
0: the, the only level that had anything other than fighting on the street. Mm. There wasn't... You were just running around on the street. There needed to be more varied environments. Um, and there needed to be more set pieces where you're running around... Like the one where he's chasing a helicopter and trying to stop a freight container from killing everyone. And it was... a off- blast and crazy a lot of quick time events but you're still doing stuff yeah um there wasn't a lot of those there needed to be more Mm. uh boss battles i needed more of them i needed bigger ones and i was playing on the hardest difficulty they were all too easy oh wow yeah so room for improvement with the dlc and i think these guys will self-scout but definitely worth playing the main story is only eight to ten hours um oh really yeah so you know this quality and not that much time needed to play it big thumbs up from T. sweet Hmm. nice are you gonna play more of it
1: yeah i think so um i think so i really enjoyed what i did play i sort of got through that first kind of mission that they throw you in that's what i liked about it is you know straight away you're not just swinging through the city being like woohoo, this is a good time you get sort of thrown at this kind of like big exciting story with the big bad that you know about from you know other things be it you know, Marvel shows or movies or uh, comic books, um, and you know straight away getting this like you know mini bus fight. It was all really exciting, and it just threw me right into the game. Straight away, I was like, "Yeah, this is so exciting! I want to fight more people!" Yeah.
0: And then you had to go into a lab and do a lab mission.
1: Well, see, I don't mind that because I'm like, this was too exciting for me. <laughs> you needed a break. I got to sit down and play with some lab stuff. Uh, all
0: right.
1: So I, I get too overexcited in games. I don't mind a bit of quiet puzzle time. Mm. That's good for me.
0: Um, cool. What? Okay, so you have another review for us, another show? Oh, look. Now, I think you wanted to put on the bad cop hat for the this one. Bad pop. Tell us about it. Lead us into it. Okay. Tell us the show.
1: All right. So I'm sure a lot of you have probably heard a lot of the hubbub around um, the fairly new show on Netflix called Insatiable. It was marketed as what looked like a movie made in 2002 um, because it was a high school girl who is wearing a fat suit and loses weight and then becomes pretty, um, but is still kind of a bitch and gets into, like, what is it, like a beauty pageant or something like that? And I saw it and I'm like, oh, man, like, this is, oh, it was almost laughable, well, it was laughable, just how bad it looked for the day and age we live in now, like you, if you looked at the trailer, you'd be like, "You cannot make this."
0: I Yeah, so you I cannot make this. I now. saw the trailer for this show on my phone with the sound off, so just the subtitles, mm. and it was all the cliche, being bullied near the lockers and yeah. looking all sad and fatty meek, patty. fatty patty, and then you know the slow mo return, slow mo uh, walk in the hallway of the school where she's skinny now. Pay attention, yeah. To me. And I, I saw that. I'm like, ooh. But I've only seen, what, two, three episodes? you watched five or six? Did I? I didn't like it, so I stopped. Mm -hmm. But once I started watching, I'm like, all right, well, all right. So she's not awesome and popular now. She's still, she's a a dick. It
1: was marketed awfully because that's the sort of, that's what it looked like it was going to be. Like, oh, this is her new life as a popular girl now. But it wasn't about that. And it wasn't about fucking anything. It wasn't about anything at all. Well, it
0: was that fat or skinny, she was a terrible person.
1: Oh well I mean that was the that was the only part that they kind of I want to say kind of got right. Like they illustrated the point that, you know, you can change whatever you like about yourself. But if you're an asshole, you're still gonna be an asshole
0: hmm.
1: Regardless. So that that was the only part that they illustrated which I went, okay I see what you're doing. Fair point. Well done to you. You know, if you're ugly on the inside, you're going to be ugly on the outside. And I'm pretty sure, like, a, another character blatantly said that to her face at some point, you know, just to really hit the nail on the head there. Um, but that was the only thing they got moderately right, like at all. What what drives me... Uh, look, I can talk about this for a really long time because this show makes me so angry. It makes me so fucking angry. Uh, so...
0: So what was with the? Because in the first few I saw it, she. I
1: don't get... spoil anything.
0: No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, and the um the other the other main character is mm. this guy who becomes interested in her because oh, she became hot, and he's is weird. He's really into pageanting, like pageant. Yeah, coaching and an adult He's an adult. Man. He's a grown ass adult, married man, mm. and very weird, like very eff- well, effeminate. He's
1: uh, what... what I well, he's allowed to be effeminate, but. The... But it was There's a whole uh, other plot line about that later. But um, what... Okay, this is what pisses me off about the Bob plot line. There's a lot of things that piss me off about the Bob plot line. But what they're kind of into... Because he gets... Um, and this isn't really giving anything away because it's in episode one. So um, he sort of gets falsely accused of sexual assault from a, a pageant girl. But they sort of treat it like it's funny. Hmm. Like they make this whole... Like they really treat sexual assault like a joke and it's, it's, it's weird. And I mean, look, there is no way to ever make that funny, but if there was, they were doing it really incorrectly. <laughs> and it was just really like, it was very awkward. And with would just be like, are you trying to make this funny? Like, is this a, is this a joke? Like,
0: like yeah. False rape a- accusations. Yeah. They're, fucking, they're,
1: they're hilarious. Hilarious content. Tro-lo-lo. Oh, and so it was, oh God. And also, and digging into that even more is you know the fact that it's it was like a a girl who you know sort of made it up and pinned it on him, really isn't doing a whole lot for perpetuating this whole thing about and how people say oh do women just make this up, and like look I said this in in my review earlier how shows don't have a social an obligation to um, you know bring socialists to the forefront, but they have an opportunity to, and given that this show is trying to talk about some things that are important and socially relevant, they do a really good job of just fucking it all up so badly. And it's not just that part, it's um it's oh God, what else do they even do? So yeah, there's that part. So the only thing they did do right and poorly, but right, is so if you're a shit person, it doesn't matter what you look like. General crux of the story. Um, not a general crux of the story, just a point. What else they did that was really awful is that um, Patty, the main character, she takes no responsibility for anything. And I know like, it's a, it's very trendy right now to be making shows about unlikable characters. Mm. But you like those unlikable characters, you know what I mean? Like They're designed in a way that makes you either want them to fail or you're rooting for them in some way, you know, like in, um, difficult people or you're the worst, you know, they're unlikable characters that are oddly endearing.
0: Really? I, I found everyone in both those shows, difficult people and you're the worst. I like, I wanted them to fail. They were such yeah, shitty I mean. people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one or the other. Like you feel one of those responses either way, because of the way that character is, you're just mm. like, Oh man, I can't be really you doing this. But you don't have that with Patty. Patty's just a dickhead. Like no matter what she does, and she'll be like, "Oh, maybe it's me," and then she'll just go and do something else, fucking stupid, like ruin someone's life by doing bloody blah, and then doing this, and and not only like so there's no there's no character development whatsoever. She doesn't eventually realize, "Oh, I'm a shit bag." She just continues to be a shit bag, and places no responsibility on herself, and that drives me. Insane because she's got no self awareness and she just keeps doing dumb shit. And it was infuriating. And not even in a you hate, you you love to hate them kind of way, just in a no, I want to push you off a fucking cliff kind of way. And she just enraged me so much. Um, You know, some other characters grew and had arcs, which was good because someone had to. And I think that was, you know, a few side characters. Um, And so I, I had a lot of issues with that because i feel like your protagonist needs to at least do something besides exist and be annoying and and they they did not do that and and there's a lot of threads of stories that just go nowhere they just disappear and you're like well what was the point of all of this and like uh, the first few episodes were quite satirical like they weren't they weren't very good but i was like okay I kind of see what you're doing here. You're you're poking a bit of fun at, you know, these things, you know, eh, good rolling on the joke. But then after that, it just sort of becomes a little bit more drama and the satire falls off. And so they start to say things which I think they think is satirical, but just comes off kind of offensive. Like, um, and especially because I've watched Atypical this week as well. You know, there's a, a conversation between two characters and, you know, one of them's talking about someone having autism And the other one goes, well, my family's normal, so I don't know what that means. And I'm like, oh, man. And I don't know if it's like their weird way of trying to kind of poke fun at middle America and, you know, that a lot of people are undereducated about these sorts of things and, you know, the um, affinity with pageantry. But like I said, you know, the satire kind of falls off. And then because this more drama element comes in, you're not sure what's meant to be funny anymore.
0: Yeah, like I watched the first half, and it was very much satire at this point. There was um, like it
1: was shit satire, but it was satire.
0: The, the characters were all over the top in ways that would only work if they weren't what they were satirizing. It's hard to explain. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well I mean they they make these characters that seem like they're not stereotypes but end up being stereotypes. Yeah. And it's just awful and and um and so there's this one episode which was it it was decent. It was okay. I don't want to say good. I'm trying to avoid saying good. Um but they end up doing, you know, some event in um conjunction with a a trans support group or or something with um trans people uh which was great because it actually meant that they got trans actors in to play those roles which is a really big thing uh in media at the moment. So that that was the the only good part of this whole show and they talked, you know, they had like some actual quite good conversations about things like body image and how that can be really difficult. Um but here's what I don't like about that what I don't like about that is that after that episode, they never mentioned it again. Hmm. And so by bringing these people in, it felt very tokenistic to me, like, oh, you know, we brought in trans actors. So now we can just say whatever the hell we want about gender and sexuality. It doesn't matter because we had trans actors, so you can't get mad at us. And that's how that really felt because later they sort of, they, they do a bit of bio erasure, and that's a bit of the um, whole thing. So I got quite mad about that too. Um but, yeah, so by sort of, you know, inserting this this scene in this episode, they try to make that be like, everything else is fine because we had this. Mm-hmm. So that really gave me the shits. Um, yeah. And, I mean, there's the show itself has a real identity crisis. So the first half of the show is, you know, this character, she loses weight, blah, 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 gets into pageants, and the whole thing is about her trying to be a pageant queen or whatever that title is called. Um, and then that sort of comes to be like a background story, and um, weird shit starts to come up. Like now she has a demon, so it's a demon responsible for her problems and all this stuff. You're like, what does this have to do with fucking anything? And they're just oh, so the sto- the show is actually about nothing at all. Zero stars. Zero fucks out of five fucks.
0: So, 100%. not worth your time. Not
1: worth your time. Not worth anybody's time.
0: And first reaction to the fact that it got renewed yeah, for look, a second. Yeah, look, I've
1: got a second rant about this. <laughs> I am furious, furious that this got a second season. Because, first of all, how else can you drag out this piece of shit show? It is a shit show. This show is not just a shit show, but a shit show of a shit show. That is how awful it is. And it's got a second season, whereas another great original series on Netflix, like Everything Sucks, which was a coming-of-age Story about you know complex things that happened during adolescence um, and set in the nineties. Yeah, like
0: yeah, it was the nineties. Yeah, and it was like a real show. kind was of really good. Yeah, it
1: was really good and really grungy and had some you know really kind of unique relationships in it, and I loved that. But no, that gets canned, and this awful show <laughs> has gotten re- And you know why? It's because of all the controversy around the trailer because people were like, "I'm gonna hate to watch this show," and I'm like, "Don't do that! Don't do that! You're just giving them more things." And I'm a part of that problem, too, because I wanted to stop watching but finished it so I could talk about it accurately on this podcast and tell you all to not watch it. And there you have it. I fell on the sword for all of you. And if you like this show, I think less of you.
0: You see, and I have the rep as the bad cop. The bad yeah. pop. Yeah. Anyway, that's... I've been nothing but positive about all the stuff <laughs> I've been watching lately. Well, all right, so that wraps up our reviews for this week. After the break, we're going to do our quick news headlines. We'll see you soon. Welcome back. You're on the Good Pop, Bad Pop. We're going to discuss some news headlines now. Um, for me, I've been following very closely this the progress of a new show that's being developed on Netflix. We seem to watch a lot of Netflix, don't we?
1: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, other TV's just not on right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're... <Well, laughs> We're in that part of the year that's between all the between seasons. Yeah. So we catch up on all our Netflix. Saying that Bojack dropped, we've got to hammer that.
1: not very excited to talk about Bojack probably
0: next week. Probably next week. All right. So the show I'm talking about is The Witcher. Now, mm. The Witcher took the world by storm with The Witcher 3, one of the my favorite games of all time. Um,. I've also I also played Witcher two back in the day. I had a go at one. It was a bit dated by then, but yeah, yeah. big fan, huge fan. And so the news that they're making a Witcher TV show um, is quite exciting to me. It's been created by Lauren H- Hisrich. I apologise for that pronounce- pronunciation because I know she listens. Um, <laughs> she's the showrunner for Daredevil and Defenders. Oh. So <laughs>
1: one out of two ain't bad.
0: One out of two. Um, so. Daredevil's fantastic. Defenders was very disappointing. So
1: It's also more like you can only do so much with what you've got.
0: Oh, she could have done more. No, we'll <laughs> but anyway, so she's, she's the showrunner. Um, and the casting has started to mm-hmm. come out. And the big one is Henry Cavill will be playing the role of Geralt the Witcher. Mm. So Henry Cavill, probably known as Superman. To most recently the
1: most recent the most recent yeah. superman
0: yes um and Geralt of R- rivia riveria i've never had to say it out loud
1: oh well yeah. anyway
0: <laughs> um the witcher is uh based on a bunch of polish books Geralt is a is a witcher he's a monster hunter they're a genetically engineered human Uh, They're big on potions, big sword guys. Uh, They have little magical spells too. They're basically genetically engineered to be warriors. Mm -hmm. Um, They're infertile and they wander the lands and they take money to kill monsters. Mm -hmm. Now, this I feel this would work very well in a a mid-run show, like a 10-episode run, because it works so well. You've got a literal monster of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. Format where he goes on an adventure in a town and he goes and slays it. Because in the game, it wasn't just go kill this. He had to do the research. He had to work yeah. out what type of monster it was. He had to prepare. You can do whole episodes around this.
1: Like Supernatural does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're not going to get 14 seasons of this. Um, <laughs> nor should any show. Um, and in the games, though, what always happens is Geralt gets pulled into political intrigue mm-hmm. and. Big picture stuff. So they've already got built in this. Gwent tournaments. (laughs) There better be Gwent. Oh my God. (laughs) Gwent is the card game in The Witcher, and I loved it so hard. (laughs) I, um, you know, help, a monster took my baby. I'm like, oh, let's play Gwent. (laughs) Like, I was a terrible Witcher. Um... And so you've got this. You can have these big overarching plots where he gets involved in the politics mm. of the world. You know the big slow burn plots that yeah. sets up a really good season of TV. Mm. So this works well. Um, Henry Cavill is a, uh, anyone can play the Witcher. Is old, grizzly, whatever. He'll wear a long silvery mane, covered in facial scars, and he just has to be gruff, but have a very dry sense of humor, mm. which the character does. And I feel it. Anyone can do it. Maybe Ben Affleck should be. (laughs) Well, stay tuned. He's also available. Um, (laughs) Like The same way everyone talks about how um, when Russell Crowe won the Oscar for Gladiator, Mm. anyone could have been Gladiator (laughs) because he was just intense and mad the whole time. Such as it is with Geralt the Witcher. Now, there's been a little bit of drama because everyone's gotten hold of the, the acting calls, whatever, the call for actors. Yeah. And one of the big characters in The Witcher Three is Ciri. Mm-hmm. So Ciri is a young girl who's sort of like a Geralt mentors her. So mm-hmm. she's sort of not a Witcher, but like a doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Now in Witcher world, it's comes from Polish origins. It's got a sort of a Slavic background, and people notice back then everybody is white. Mm. It's a whitewashed world, a whitewashed game. It's high fantasy, dragons and shit, but. Like everyone's white. Some people pointed out, you know, but that that was the world they created. So what's gotten everyone in a bit of a tizzy Mm -hmm. is the calling for um for the the role of Siri. They've what's the acronym? I wrote it down.
1: Something Uh, complicated.
0: BAME. So BAME is the Hollywood acronym for Black Asian Minority Ethnic, Mm -hmm. which means. Not white, I guess, is mm-hmm. what it means. Um, so they've gone okay. It's a whitewash show. We'll fix that, and that's fine. But they've picked Siri to mm. be this character, and Siri's like an orphan. She's adopted, but she's um, her parents were like royalty in this Slavic world. Right. So and everyone's kind of white European. So Everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> like you know, I don't think that was the right character to do that okay yeah so I mean and it's right it's whitewashed they probably needed to reinvent some characters it's just all the fans I hope that all the fans are just like because of the background of the story that was a bad one to mm. re-race I guess oh Um Christ then again it's a it's a oh. g- gaming community so <laughs> who knows what they're complaining about but anyway so that's a discussion point at the moment um lauren Hisrich has been on twitter saying i'm not changing anything like mm-hmm. that and now everyone's dug up all these tweets and be like well yeah you might be <laughs> like uh, anyway so that's causing a bit of hoo-ha um and tangently related there's a lot of news dropping about all the actors involved in the DC superhero universe, like yeah. the um, Justice League. So Ben Affleck as Batman, he seems to be dropping out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's um, done with it, which is a shame. I didn't like Justice League or much of any of this un- that universe in particular. Mm. I liked Wonder Woman. Uh, Batman versus Superman was bad, but sort of in a funny, bad way.
1: Was it? Uh, I feel like, it was just in a bad way. Whereas Justice
0: League was boring and crap. Um, Henry Cavill is rumored to also be dropping off as Superman, too. And I like to think it's because he loves the idea of The Witcher so hard that he's <laughs> in no time for Superman. Um, rumors have it he wanted to do a cameo on, I think it's Shazam. Oh, yeah. The Zachary Levi yeah. superhero Ooh. one that's coming out soon. And it fell through, and he went, screw you guys, I'm. Bailing on Superman. That's, I'm out. Yeah, that's that's the rumors. But um, the D- DC universe could be going through a big overhaul. One of the rumors is Michael J. No, Michael B. Jordan. Mm. I said Michael Benjamin. You remember Michael Benjamin? Is? Anyway. Um, Michael B. Jordan, mm. famous as Warmonger in Black Panther mm. or Creed, mm. son of Apollo Creed, yeah. to be the new Superman. Mm. And this was weird. News to me, <laughs> like Superman is the... where's his origin story? It's like Kansas or, or Oklahoma. Anyway, yeah. white country kid.
1: Middle America.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel in both directions this would be a bad idea. For Superman, it's just not right given the origin story of Superman. Also, it's a real waste of Michael B. Jordan. I love that guy. He needs his own superhero. Screw mm. being... You know, Superman. Superman's vanilla in, like, both ways. Michael B. Jordan needs, like, something awesome to match his edge. Yeah. I feel Superman would be a waste for him. Mm. And he's already been a superhero. He's a creed. Son of creed.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think... I think you raise a good point in that... Making him that character in Middle America may be problematic. But if the whole family were not white, then it would be different and that would be fine. And similar to The Witcher, I think if they were going to mix up a lot of roles and bringing more diversity, I think that would be awesome. I think that would be great and that they should do that. But in that instance also, if they're doing it for that one particular character um, where it might not make sense. I don't really know how to articulate this. Like, they're not trying to... It's, it's almost like they're trying to do these things to tick a box rather than to genuinely diversify and bring in diverse actors.
0: And say, all right, say this is true and I do this. If this is still a continuation of the the current DC universe, isn't that a bit weird? We've had Henry Cavill and then we're going to swap all the actors. Ben Affleck's gone. And then everyone's, like, re- very different. <laughs>
1: <I> Look, being, <laughs> being the way that they sort of run that universe, they'll probably just gloss over it and be like, oh, no, this,
0: yeah, it, it wouldn't be the, this isn't a thing. it wouldn't be the weakest part of that franchise.
1: Yeah, they, they just pretend that nothing ever happened or they're like, oh, I got a haircut.
0: <laughs> like, what? Like, I've um,
1: got a haircut, now he's Matt Damon.
0: Like, Gal Gadot will um, drop out and the new Wonder Woman will be Peter Dinklage.
1: I would watch that. Yeah, I'd
0: watch the shit out of that. <laughs> like, I mean, if we're if we're changing everything this much, like, uh, just go wall, balls to the wall. Like, <laughs> the Flash can be, you know, replaced by Judy Dench. Interesting. <laughs> this is this. Why not I writing this down?
1: <laughs> tell us who you would like to see <laughs> in the, in the new new DC.
0: Yeah, tell us your universe. tweet at us your new reinvented Justice League with unusual casting decisions. Like, -hmm. let's see how this works. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, But, yeah, that's all I have for news this week.
1: That's all your news. What you got for me, Em? Well, uh, as you may have seen, it was the 70th Primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards uh, last week. And so now we're going to chat about that this week. Now, I didn't know this, but there's actually a lot of different Emmy Awards because a few people are like, this person won an Emmy, this person won an Emmy. Or this week, I'm like, what are you talking about? The Emmys haven't been on. do would be stupid. But I found out there's actually like, I don't know, five or more rounds of Emmy Awards. So um, the two most watched ones that people talk about the most is the uh, Primetime Emmys and Daytime Emmys. But this week was the Primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards. So that's um, you know a lot of stuff for just
0: the daytime Emmys. Is there like a time cut off?
1: I don't know. I mean, well, I assume <laughs> it would be from five o'clock because from six o'clock or or seven thirty is the actual prime time.
0: So if you really want an award, just get your show scheduled just earlier in the day. Just don't be involved in the
1: beautiful, and you can be in prime time.
0: Yeah, and there's a, like oh, I want an Emmy for best actor and like pff, daytime Emmy. Actually, I think I've heard that joke before. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe. Like, anyway. you know, scoff, daytime Emmy.
1: The point is, it was the creative primetime. time of oh, this daytime shit. The, <laughs> See, now you're doing <laughs> it. It was the primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards. Um, so, yeah, uh, a lot of um, good stuff winning. So it's all the things, you know, like costumes, sound mixing, cinematography, uh, a whole bunch of sort of different things. Um, now, for Best Drama Guest Actress, so I'm not going to go through all of them because some of them are really boring and I don't watch...
0: Everything. Yeah, just, I'm what about some what, what of did you like? That, what were the ones you were interested? Yeah,
1: my in? highlight awards and um, nominees. So, best drama guest actress went to Samira Wiley, uh, who plays Moira in The Handmaid's Tale. And you we... may know as Pusey in um, Oranges and New Black. Ah, yeah. So she won, which I thought was great because I really liked seeing her character um, have this whole other experience um, to you know most of the characters. In she's
0: show. in Canada.
1: Yes, if you are up to date. Yeah. Um, let's not get into too many spoilers. Uh, and what else was interesting is Best Animated Program went to uh, a Rick and Morty episode, which was Pickle Rick. <laughs>
0: I'm a Pickle
1: Morty. All mm. right, Uh aye, aye. I'm
0: trying to remember. I don't think that was the best episode that season. No, was,
1: I don't think so. I really, the that, way that. That was the
0: one everyone talked about just because it was such a. It was advertised in such a crazy concept.
1: Yeah. And, and that was, you know, that was great and that was fun. Um, and, but that was also, for me, the most least interesting part of that episode. I really liked the end of that episode, how it all kind of was brought together. And I was like, whoa, that was pretty
0: deep. Because was, it was the craziness of the Pickle Rick thing juxtap- juxtaposed mm. with the. Um, they're in the therapy session. Yeah. And explaining all the behavior that would make you act like that. Meanwhile, Bigger Rick's... St-
1: <laughs> you know, doing Rick stuff.
0: You know, I, I think, I mean, they're one, so it doesn't matter. But, Do you remember Tales from the Citadel, where they're in the world of hundreds of Mortys and hundreds of Ricks, and they had Mm. all of them living their lives, and there was like class warfare and the politics of it? That was interesting. That was the best episode that season. That was crazy.
1: I don't know that I would call that my favorite, but I can appreciate why people really like it. Um, So anyway, that was up against um, Baymax Returns, which was uh, Big Hero 6, the series. No. Episode. I didn't
0: even know they had a series. They
1: do, and they got nominated. Um, and a Bob's Burgers episode V is for Valentine Deader, which was a pretty good episode. Um, also up against Simpsons Gone Boy, which was the plan Gone Girl, where Bart gets falls in a hole.
0: <laughs> on their blade, Sideshow Bob. Uh,
1: well, he's having issues dealing with all of it. So, um, oh, I did like that episode. That was very good. It was also up against uh, the South Park episode Put It Down, which I believe you right. have some thoughts on.
0: Yeah, that was, that was the strongest episode of that season. Mm-hmm. Like, when I saw that, I went, that, that should win an Emmy. So, I love, I, love, I love Rick and Morty too. But I feel that South Park episode was on point. If you didn't see it, it was... um, The whole joke was, you know, Tweak, the twitchy one who drinks too much coffee. He was really paranoid about nuclear war of North Korea. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, oh, man. And in, in South Park, in this current timeline mr garrison is the president and acting like he's their trump yeah. sort of thing and so he keeps goading it was the rocket man time where real donald trump was picking on kim jong-un politics is weird right now yeah. anyway um <laughs> and tweaks paranoid like i oh, was gonna start a war why would he tweet that what's happening and it was had so many things because if you don't follow south park it's just too
1: much to talk yeah, about.
0: Otherwise. Tweek and Craig are currently dating, but not really. It's very
1: the, complicated. They're in a
0: gay relationship, but not really. But anyway, so Tweek's freaking out and Craig's learning how to look after him without trying to solve problems and there was this you know nice little relationship beat of that episode. Also there's just the hilariousness of Tweek trying to stop a nuclear war from happening. Mm. He would send muffins to North Korea. But then Mr. Garrison would tweet, like, yeah, fucking muffins, like, you know, fuck you. <laughs> and tweets like, oh, why would they do that? Oh, and they had this whole song, and it was all... Anyway, the whole punchline was, put it down, as in... Put down in, your Twitter. Put down your Twitter. President in, Trump. In, in reference to um, the current American president's yes. social media prowess. Yeah, so... Oh, it just worked so well. And it was a very good episode. That was the best uh, animated episode I saw that year. Alas, did not win, yeah. Oh, costume. Rick and Morty winning is a big deal,
1: yeah. So that was pretty exciting. Um, other than that, best comedy casting went to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which has been on my list for some time. Um, uh, difficult to stream here, so haven't really been able to get on that. Um, but looks what, what's it on? On uh, it's, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. it's on Amazon
0: Prime. That's new in Australia, so we haven't quite yeah. gotten on that yet. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that was interesting because that was up against... Uh, it, it won over Glow, Atlanta, Barry, and Silicon Valley, so... We watch
0: all those shows. <laughs> we
1: watch all those shows. So
0: you're saying all these other shows that we like aren't as good as Miss Mabel. Maisel. Maisel, which uh, is, is great, which means we'll add it to our list. Yeah, i a high expectation. What is it, Casting?
1: Uh, yeah, Best Comedy Casting. And that's difficult because I don't you've know how got, you measure that, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd you'd well no, I think that's quite easily measurable. You look at, you know, the banter and how well people bounce off each other. And I think Silicon Valley's got the best, I would say, of that lot, followed by
0: probably Glow. They like, just to pull the Hollywood politics card that season that would have been up for that, Emmy would have had T J. Miller on there, who has fallen out of the good mm. graces with Hollywood, so they would have been disqualified at the get-go because of T.J. Miller's involvement.
1: Well, not disqualified, but yeah, not favoured.
0: Uh, around a little while ago, T.J. Miller called in a bomb threat to mm-hmm. a train for a girl he was having beef with. It was God. really weird, but anyway, yeah, he's um he's a crazy man, and he has since left the show.
1: Yeah, uh, so that was best comedy casting. Best Fantasy Sci-Fi Costume went to <laughs> the Game of Thrones episode, Beyond the Wall, which was...
0: Costume? Oh, I guess they got all the White Walkers. That's pretty cool.
1: Now uh, you know, the, all the war costumes are all, you know, rugged up looking cute. They made them from Ikea things. I mean, that's pretty fucking impressive.
0: It's just woolen clothes. It's not like... It's
1: not woolen. It's, oh, you never know. So anyway, uh, they won... What
0: was the dragon wearing?
1: Uh, shade. He was throwing a lot of it. Uh, And anyway, that was up against um, Fahrenheit 451, Handmaid's Tale, and a series of unfortunate events, and Westworld. Um, So I think it would be quite hard to go up against Westworld as well.
0: Also, Handmaid's Tale, they had like iconic outfits. Very
1: iconic outfits. Um, And that episode also won Best Visual Effects, uh, which I think is fair. The Thrones one? Yeah, yeah.
0: So that yeah that was on with a lot of dragons,
1: yeah when they go out to see what's what
0: yeah be on the wall pretty yeah. much so
1: um so I think that's fair of all of those um so that was really really good um stranger things episode chapter eight the mind Flayer one best sound editing. Now that's not an award I particularly care about, but I enjoy their um, but you soundtrack, Things. and I like Stranger Things, so <laughs> look, I just wanted to mention it. I just wanted to name drop Stranger Things at any opportunity. Um, but that was also up against um, a different Thrones episode and Homeland, Star Trek Discovery, and also Westworld. So the the Westworld episode, and I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, Akane no May. Um, was up for a lot of nominations across a lot of different things. So I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that particular episode. I assume that's one of the ones. The, in
0: Samurai the World. The Samurai World. Yeah. Which is a shame because that arc, for those who watched Westworld, had nothing to do with anything. No, it had a lot of potential. Um oh, it was cool in and of itself, but. Sorry, like, we can tangent on Westworld.
1: Yeah, we'll have we- a Westworld discussion another time because there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, we found
0: it very disappointing the second season. It was not. Great, uh, but anyway, so there are
1: my sort of highlights from the Creative Arts Emmy Awards. Now, the the actual Emmys, the prime time when's that Emmys is um, next weekend. So we'll probably talk more about that. Do they the do the day.
0: daytime Emmys during the day and the prime time at night?
1: Uh, no, because you've got to <sighs> film everyone coming in on the red carpet, which takes all fucking day.
0: Yeah, but you got to start earlier when you're on daytime. <laughs> I don't
1: think that's how it works. Oh. I think they're on separate
0: times. So, I don't
1: actually know. I'll I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll okay. we'll get back to you on that. Ben's going to come back with
0: 10 ME facts.
1: Yeah, we might even tweet about it as it's happening. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Uh, isn't, isn't it in the morning for us?
1: I don't sleep.
0: Right. Yeah. But, you know, go to your job.
1: <laughs> on a Saturday? No!
0: <laughs> I was on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's
1: yeah. what I said. It's on the weekend. Pay attention. Um, so, anyway, that's all my aiming news. I do have one other bit of uh, gaming news, which was a bit exciting. Um, apprehensively excited. But uh, Rocksteady Studios, who, as you know, make Batman Arkham Asylum, are currently hiring for an advertised new AAA title for Next Gen. And the job description says that they must have a broad knowledge of comics, novels, games, cinema, and popular culture relating to video games. So, hmm. speculation says, looks like we might have another DC game in the works. And
0: they said next-gen, as in PS5, Xbox 2.
1: I don't know. It just says next-gen. I don't know.
0: Or is this current-gen still I think referred this to is, as next-gen? I think
1: we're still on next-gen, because they're, they're sort of... Imp- I think, um, you know, a few other websites who reported on it, like... Um, or maybe, I can't remember what was. Maybe GameSpot um, was speculating that that might mean it might come out in 2020 or 2021. So, Jeez, that's unclear. Well, that's
0: not <laughs> all right.
1: So, and, you know, I can't two, get excited about that. Yeah, two to three threes, but it's interesting that you know, putting feelers out there. So,
0: and they specifically listed Batman. No, oh, they listed comics,
1: they listed comics, right? And given that they made Batman. And they're looking for a new AAA title, and that you've got to be across games, novels, cinema, and popular culture. That More seems science. a
0: wide net, though. If you're making another superhero vehicle, you'd think you'd just say that.
1: Yeah, but they probably don't want to cause unnecessary buzz, which they have anyway. So
0: Keep it Bum. broad. Yeah. Mm.
1: So that'll be interesting. So I'm, I'm uh, keeping an eye on this story. looking. Well, fine, now that Spider-Man's
0: it? out, all those guys can take all the stuff they learned, go work with Rocksteady, who did the better combat and make mm. the perfect maybe. game.
1: Maybe. Or maybe it'll be shit. Who knows?
0: <laughs> We've got a lot of filler before then. <laughs> That's true. Maybe on episode 87. Um yeah,
1: possibly. So that uh, wraps up our news and our podcast for today. Hmm. Episode 3. Thanks for Back. listening.
0: Tweet us your Super Justice League castings.
1: Yeah, tell us who you would love to see in the next rendition of DC. And DC and Mark Dool-
0: Like Dinklage and Judy Dench. That's, that's your picks? That's my pick. I'm yet to decide. Dinklage it. as Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. Judy Dench as The Flash. <laughs> oh, I need to animate this, this like, stat. <laughs> Get all the sound clips <laughs> from their movies and make it. Just
1: make your own. Probably be yeah, better than Probably be
0: better. Can't be worse.
1: Yeah, true. Anyway, um, if you've got any opinions, send them in to us, and otherwise, we will.
0: What are our socials, Em?
1: Our socials are. do um, God, and I, I didn't write them down. Um, Never look, mind then. Look, just just find us. We're around. I mean.
0: This week, I am twitching, probably God of War, and maybe Tomb Raider if I can get my hands on a copy.
1: Exciting. I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll be doing something. Um, but you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash good pop bad pop podcast. Um, our Twitter is goodpop underscore bad pop, probably. Um, and on Twitch we're just good pop bad pop. So you know, hunt around, you'll find us. Good night all. Good night. See you next week.